The following episode of the 616 Entertainment Podcast is brought to you in part by the Dan Dans over on Patreon.com slash 616 Entertainment. I want to give a little shout out to some of our highest contributors over on Patreon. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about Dan Dans like the Deus Anaya, Spencer White, Kiko Olvera, Drunken Champion, Cody Connolly, Tony Douglas, Andrew, AJ Dillinger, and D. Kitty. Now, Tony Douglas is over on twitch.tv slash Tony underscore Douglas 94. And if you're not following him over there, if you're not subscribed over there, if you're not hanging out in the chat skis over there, get the fuck out of here. Our boy Kiko Olvera and his wife are running a nice little side deal on Instagram called Ortez Creations. Look, you want a custom shirt? You want a custom water bottle? You want a custom whatever? Send them a little DM ski. I'm sure you can figure it out. I'm sure you can wind up with something real, real nice. You know what I'm saying? Thank you to the Dan Dance who make this show possible. Now, let's get to the show. I don't know what the fuck a Dan Dan is. We're about something else. I'm a Dan Dan. Yes! We're going to do some, like, crazy, sexy things. Yeah, yeah. Friends and neighbors stand in to like, pass that muffin. Check the tape, check the tape. Tell me what the fuck the goddamn Dan Dan is. Go fuck your butt. Okay, that's just, let me tell you something, that's not real. Push your ass against it and then fart. Six, one, six. Nice. So what do you think makes you the authority on soda pop? Um, I, I drink it a lot. No, you don't. I stop. Yeah, I do. Says who? Um, I have like one or two cans of it a day. Yeah, but what kind? All kinds, man. Uh, I'm, I've, I've become a, a diet soda boy these days. So I'll do Diet Coke, Coke Zero. Diet Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Zero. I really like the Zero drinks. The Sprite Zero, Dr. Ginger, or Diet, I almost said Dr. Ginger Ale. That would be an interesting combination. It would. Um, So don't you think you should update your resume to say that you are the authority on diet soda pops? I think I should say I'm the authority on Zero soda pops. Yeah, but then people are going to think that you don't know anything about any of them. Zero sugar. You would have to say I am the authority on the zero soda pops. Right. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, I took a, a break from soda. I used to drink a lot of regular soda, and then I stopped. And then around the time I started dating Mary, I started drinking a lot more diet pop because we have it in the house, and it's become a habit. But, um, you know, it's not it's probably not the worst habit you could have. It's not no, the best, but absolutely. it's not the worst. Well, as as you told me, or I think as Mary told me at the uh, the rehearsal dinner for the wedding, I think both of you told me actually. Now that I'm reliving the memory, she has very interesting drinking habits. Oh yeah. Is Mary there? Does she want to tell this story? No, she's not. She's upstairs. God damn it! But uh, she will like she'll go down to the fridge she'll go down to the because we have a, a fridge in our garage and that's where we keep all our drinks and she'll go to the fridge be like hey i'm going to the fridge you want anything and i may or may not get something and she'll come back and she'll have a diet coke 
a diet Snapple, a bottle of water, and then sometimes a fourth thing, like a diet Sprite or something. And she'll open all four of them and have them in front of her, and she'll just, like, cycle through sips. How does... How does she sip them all without them, like, getting warm? Oh, they get warm. She just doesn't care. Yeah, she doesn't care. Or does she pour them out when they get warm? Uh, Sometimes she'll, like, put them... uh, Sometimes they get warm and she'll be done with them, but there's still something left. Um, And so she'll put it in the fridge, and then a week later I'll pour it out. (laughs) Oh, boy. She won't. She she puts it in the fridge to sit, drink it for later, but she never does. What's the longest you've ever left a drink out, and then what shape was it in when you rediscovered it? Um, like on um, in the fridge or outside of a fridge, just like open. Probably outside and open. Um, one time when I was a kid, I uh. I had a glass of water on my, like, nightstand or something that I had. I was, like, drinking it when I was sick or something. And I remember it being there for years. But it was probably (laughs) just there for, like, two weeks. Years. (laughs) And I remember one day I woke up and there was, like, what, in my child's memory, it looked like, a red growth like this little red ball and i thought it was like like some fungus had grown in it and i took so i was like oh, i gotta get rid of this water so I, I poured it in the bath i put poured it in the toilet and flushed it and uh i don't know what the hell that thing was because i don't think it was I don't think anything could have grown in that in that amount of time. And it was not there the night before. So I was like, maybe something fell into it. But I don't know. It could have been something fell into it. Like a little piece of schmutz from your blanket. Or maybe it was like a little fruit fly or some shit. Or maybe it was like, maybe there wasn't even anything in it. Maybe there was, it was like the reflection. And I thought there was something in it. Well, stuff being in water, that reminds me that earlier i don't know if it might have been earlier today or it was yesterday i have no idea but i took patch out for a walk and when we came back in he went over to his water bowl and he looked at it for a while but he didn't sip and i was like why didn't you get any sips so he went and laid on his blankies and i was like let me investigate this water does it does it need to be refilled does it have like i don't know schmutz from his beard in it and i looked at it there's a big fucking spider in the water and I don't know how he got there, but I, I got him out, and I saved him. So then I poured that out, and I got him some brand new fresh water. And eventually, yeah, I wouldn't want to drink that either. No. Eventually, Patch was like, well, now I'll get you. Like an hour later, he went over and was like, here we go. <laughs> he forgot about it. Yeah. He comes back around to it, you know? Yeah. But uh, there's a, uh, a story where... This was this was Hefe's story from probably when we were kids. He had a glass of milk, and that's already bad. It was you know where it's going. 
glass of milk and he was sipping it and I think he had a couple glasses of milk going and he thought that the one that he picked up was the one from 20 minutes ago but the one he picked up I think was from probably 10 days ago so he fucking bottoms up he tilts his head back he leans the cup back and this just slice of milk that was like lunch meat slapped him in the face because it was very old and it had begun to coagulate and uh, I'm sure that was pleasant Oh, man. I've never... Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of experience with spoiled milk. I feel like the more people I talk to about this, the more I realize that people did not grow up drinking milk, and nobody drinks it now. Yeah. I still drink it sometimes. It's good for your barns. Is that true, or is that... Yeah, the calcium. Is that just marketing? calcium i think that might have just been marketing hold on siri is milk good for your bones any day now she probably couldn't understand you says still says still working you think i should try again with a more normal pronunciation yeah all right hey siri is milk good for your bones? On it. She said she's on it. On milk and dairy products, good or bad for human? I didn't ask whether it's... I just wanted an answer. In 2021, January 14th, can drinking too much milk make your bones more brittle? These fuckers will just write anything about anything. See, man, I don't believe anything. I don't believe nothing what you're doing. See, we believe that it was good for our bones because we saw Michael Jordan with a milk mustache when in the 90s, but those ads were all uh, paid for by Big Dairy. Yeah, by Big Milk. So, yeah. All right, so, here we go. This is from uchicagomedicine.org. Milk is also an excellent source of calcium and is very healthy for bones, Condone said. I guess this is a doctor. One cup of milk contains about 300 milligrams of calcium. As we age, it is common to lose an enzyme called lactase that helps break down sugar in milk. Uh, Alright, well, that's like a part of a sentence, but you get it. He said it's very good for your bones. But apparently skim-free or fat skim or fat-free milk are the best kind of milk for bones. Mm. That makes sense cuz they probably have the same amount of calcium but less of like the uh the bad stuff. If you could have one bone right now, which one would it be? Rib bone. <laughs> we should do what do we just end the episode there? I'm on Tom Dunn. Oh fuck! God damn it! Well, you know what we can, you know what we can do to to get some time going here. What's up? I need to know more about AEW lore. All right, let's do it. I'll tell. I'll fill you in. You are the man for the job when it comes to explaining this and this one is not a, like, how did this faction come together? What does this acronym mean? 
This one is more straightforward, all right? So, when Sting, the legendary Sting, the icon, when the icon Sting made his AEW debut, what did he do? What did that scene look like when Sting showed up in AEW? What happened? He rappelled down from the rafters and stopped halfway through and then just diarrheaed all over the guys in the ring from up above. Oh, man. I don't know. I, th- I think yeah. I missed that episode. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty... It, it almost got pulled. They got in trouble for it, but... Now, did he say why he diarrheaed? He didn't like him. Yeah, but normally he would he would like beat people he didn't like with a bat. Well, this he was trying to change up the gimmick, but oh. then it was it was uh, they got in so much trouble that he couldn't do it ever again. So he went back to the bat. But his plan was every like his he, his his plan was he was going to be like the, the diarrhea guy. Oh yeah. And then he his his face paint he was gonna change to all brown. Hmm. Well, that could be a problem. Why? <laughs> Think about what that looks like. Well, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that he he accidentally did that one time? He shit himself, or he shit off from the rafters? <laughs> no. He accident. Okay, so. It was in it was in TNA. I want to say it was in like 2010. And this guy Bobby Roode was the TNA World Champion. And Sting was doing a deal where he was not in his gear. He just looked like Dad Sting, no face paint, regular shirt, jeans, gym shoes, and uh, he was he was like on the outs. You know, he's not going to wrestle anymore. He's not coming for that belt. And Bobby Roode's pulling all this bullshit. And so Sting eventually like cracks and he's going to suit back up and he's going to beat Bobby Roode's ass. So what was supposed to happen was it was kind of like the Joker Sting era where his face paint was a mess. It wasn't like the really nice like crow style deal. He had a tube. You can see it. He had a tube of red paint and a tube of black paint. And he takes the cap off of both of them squeezes both of them into one hand and then just kind of smacks himself right in the face with it and spreads it around as he's talking. Well, nothing came out of the red tube. <laughs> and he kind of just spread black paint all over oh, his face. Oh, no. <laughs> and he didn't know because he can't see. Gotcha. But Oh, and, I see what you're saying. Okay. Did you look it up? No, I didn't. But when you okay, so when you when I talked about like the brown paint and you said, "Well, what does that look like?" I thought you meant it looks like he's got shit on his face. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. But no, he it wouldn't look like that because you know how he's got like white and black. Yeah. Um, it it would just be. Hold on, let me look up a picture of him. I also I just sent you a picture of what I'm talking about. I just texted it to you. Okay. So, okay. So, basically, he would have no white face paint, and it would just be the black. Where he has black would be brown. Sure. I got you. (laughs) Oh, my God. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) 
At least there's, you know, enough white uh, coming through. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here's, here's another AEW lore question. This was not a debut, but... As, uh, as many Dan Dans know, specifically Mike Masters, a.k.a. Some Kind of Robot, he's a big Cody Rhodes fan. So he knows that Cody Rhodes, one of his catchphrases that he uses all the time, you know, when there's obviously a topic that needs to be discussed, Cody will get in the ring and he'll kind of like saunter around and then he'll bring the microphone up to his lips and go, so, what do you guys want to talk about? What happened after Cody said that for the first time? Um, what did he say? He picks up the mic and he goes, so, what do you guys want to talk about? What happened directly after that? Um, and don't say sting diarrhea. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> uh... The guy he said it to was like, he said, he, Cody Rhodes said, so what do you want to talk about? And the guy he said it to said, butts. And then the that guy with the big butt came out and who gives people the stink face, rubbed his butt in Cody Rhodes' face. Rikishi. Rikishi, yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm trying to picture this because I don't remember it exactly. This is why I come to you with these questions. Cody yeah. asked that, what do you guys want to talk about? And this, who's the other guy that said butts? Uh, Colt Cabana. It was Colt Cabana said butts. Yeah. So then Rikishi comes out and gives Cody a stink face. Why did Cody not fight back? What, what, like, how did we get to the stink face? It was, it was a surprise attack. Oh. Yeah, so he couldn't defend against it. He came out of the raft. <laughs> I don't think you want to see Rikishi coming out of the rafters after you. No. Hey man, I don't. I, I don't think so. That's some AEW lore right there. There it is. Did you see that goddamn uh, that Barbie movie? No, not Come yet. But what are you doing? It this weekend. Oh, you going to see it? Well, maybe we'll see. You should. Tara and I went to see it. We did indeed celebrate Barbenheimer weekend. Uh, uh -huh. we, we saw Barbie Friday night. And then Saturday morning we went to the Freak Show. Saturday night we went to Oppenheimer. I will keep everything. Uh. Man, I'm burping up a storm today. How about it? I'll keep everything spoiler free. Uh, and and we'll, we'll, I'll just run through these quick. Barbie, I had no idea what the plot to the movie was going in. I saw, yeah, I still don't. Yeah, I saw like the initial reveal trailer, and I was like, "Man, that's that's kind of fucking zany." We'll go see that, and we did, and it's way funnier than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Gosling's Ken is like, <laughs> he's like borderline mentally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part that's where great. There's a part where they're like, uh, they're all flustered and they're on the street. And he's like, he's like, oh, I, I don't know what to do. Like, what should I do? And Margot Robbie, Barbie, is like, 
Take a walk. You don't need me to tell you what to do for everything. Just, just do something. Take a walk. And he's like, yeah, I know. I will take a walk. He takes like two steps and looks over his shoulder and goes, can I walk this way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's very fucking funny in it. I feel like Margot Robbie just... I, I, for whatever reason, consistently forget how good of an actress she is. Mm-hmm. Like, even though this is, like, this is just Barbie, it's clearly a comedy. She cries in it. And, dude, she's one of the best criers in the biz. She's so fucking good. And th- there's the different kind of cries. There's the, the plain face, one tear. There's the full-on crisis. And she nails all of them. Well, nice. Uh, it's good. I recommend Barbie. Very fun. And the freak show. Let me tell you about the freak show. Yeah, I've been waiting to hear all about this freak show. So it's it was technically like the Oddities and Curiosities Festival or fucking uh, yeah. uh, convention. Probably convention because it was indoors. That It was at McCormick Place, which is where we went to Comic-Con a couple years ago. Um and it was it was pretty small. It was just in like one of the the buildings of McCormick Place, and it was just a bunch of vendors selling stuff. I got a really cool shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's a it's a nun with a skull face and like these shriveled fucking hands. It's really cool looking. Nice. And I bought Tara these uh, sterling silver earrings that were daggers, which were fucking cool. Um, not everything was cool. Uh, among like those freak show types. One of the things that those people kind of like is, like, taxidermy and shit. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, you know, because people go out and they hunt and then they, like, preserve yeah. the killer or whatever. But it goes a step beyond, like, taxidermy. You could literally buy, like, a severed raccoon head in a jar, like, s- preserved in, like, solution. Uh, Jesus. Or a possum head. And to me... Like, I I think Tara could tell that I didn't like it because we were looking at one of the tables. And it's different from, like, a, a framed, like, scorpion or butterfly or even, like, a, a snake preserved yeah. in a jar. But I, I don't know. I must have just, like, stopped moving or, like, made a face or whatever. And she was like, you all right? And I was like, no, I don't like that. And she was like, well, wh- like, what's what's different about that compared to, like, the bugs or whatever? I was like... I don't want to fucking see, like, the severed head of a furry animal, you know? Mm-hmm. That's different than, like, a beetle in a frame. Well, and it's different than, like, a taxidermy, like, it's yes. different than, like, a taxidermy raccoon or something. Because that, it, it leads the stage to look like it's it's alive yes, or something. Like, you know it's a dead animal, but it's like, oh, this is the, you know, um, yeah, just seeing, like, a severed head is kind of fucked up yeah i wasn't into that um there's also like i don't know i don't think anybody would disagree with me about this but maybe they would i'm sure there's somebody out there who who would say i'm overreacting but i don't think you should be fucking making merchandise out of the image of john wayne gacy i don't think that's cute I don't think that's interesting. That guy fucking, like, raped and tortured and killed people. 
You know? Yeah, it's it's tacky as fuck. That's n- it's not Michael Myers. It's not yeah, Jason. Yeah. That he fucking raped and killed people. That's like I, I feel like that's like a edgy teenager thing. Yeah. Like I, I I knew a guy in high school who wore like a shirt with Charles Manson on it, and it said like, "What would Charlie do?" He was there too, and it's just like. I, I get, like, why a teenager would find that, like, edgy and funny to wear that. Um, but once you're past 16, like, grow up. <laughs> I agree. So that's the freak show. Now you want to hear about Oppenheimer? Yeah, I do. I have... I'm, I'm really interested in Oppenheimer. Okay, like I said, spoiler free. I mean, it's a fucking historical movie. You kind of I know, like... I know what happened. I know how that <laughs> You kind of know what happens. <laughs> But he, here's here's my main takeaways from it. Number one, uh, I was pleased because Florence Pugh is naked a whole bunch, and that's great. But I bring that up to say, days, for fucking days leading into this movie, Tara was so excited for Killian Murphy to hang dong. Because this movie is rated R for like graphic prolonged scenes of nudity. So she just assumed that he was going to hang dong, and he does not. Oh. Which, for, for, I'm not kidding, for fucking three days, Tara, like a fucking drawstring speaking toy, was like, now let's see that penis. She just kept saying <laughs> it over and over. Uh, and then the movie ends, and he does not hang dong, which Tara labeled as her 9-11. <laughs> so... I apologize to any of the any of the people out there who are waiting for Killian Murphy to hang dong. He does not. I believe he did in Twenty Eight Days Later. And now, that oh I, yeah, I think you're right. So now Tara wants to watch that. So I think, and that's right at the beginning too. So it's yeah. not like she has to wait for very long. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's a disappointment. That's not fair. You know what? And the thing is, after we were talking about it, after Tara was like, we didn't even see butt. So there was no, there wasn't even any Killian Murphy butt. Wow, that is, yeah. So, hey man, what are you gonna it's do about that? The other thing is, everybody in this movie was so fucking good. Robert Downey Jr. is so goddamn good in this movie. Emily, Who does he play? Uh, he, I don't fucking remember his name, but there's so Churchill? many. What what? Churchill. I don't remember. There's there's so many characters that it's hard to remember who like who what their names are. You're just like, "Oh, okay, Robert Downey Jr." <laughs> yeah. But he's so good in it. Fucking Rami Malek is really good in it. Um Oh yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. I didn't even know Matt Damon was in this movie cuz again, I didn't know any of those people were in it. Yeah. Like every single person you mentioned besides Killian Murphy, I didn't know was in this movie. So Florence Pugh is in it, mentioned her. The fucking guy who played Roderick and Diary of a Wimpy Kid's in it. Um, <laughs> Tara also popped because Josh Peck is in it. Nice. Uh, who else? Who else? My my main takeaway from this is that in this movie, Emily Blunt just reminded a lot of motherfuckers who she is. She is so fucking good in this movie. And there's one specific scene that it has been like trending on Twitter 
and it's not even like uh like oh it's a it's a death or it's a anything exciting it's just her fucking performance and the way she delivers her lines you'll fucking eat it with a spoon she's so good um but yeah oppenheimer fucks man oppenheimer is really good it's like three hours on the dot and it's so it's so like and enticing and just gripping doesn't feel like three hours yeah i can't i can't wait to see it so yeah those are um I'm, I'm, I'm highly anticipating it that's that's big biz right there what do you think about that did you watch any any movies um i have been watching the john wick movies oh because the newest one just came out and i think it's the last one and i was like you know what I liked the first one a lot. I watched the second one, but I don't really didn't really remember much about it. And so I was just like, "Oh, this is this would be a fun series to watch." And it's only four, so it wouldn't take that long. So I've watched the first three now. Um, so I have one more, but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty fucking fun movies. And I, I had forgotten. Have you seen any of them? No. Okay. I had forgotten um, there's this element to it of like, okay, so, you know, the first movie is basically he's just getting revenge for his, uh, for his dog. Mm-hmm. Like somebody kills his dog and he's a, an ex-assassin and like this expert hitman. And uh, the guy who kills his dog is the son of like this mafia boss, like this crime boss who John Wick used to work for, mm-hmm. and so they kind he kind of goes in and like it, it it alludes to this like bigger world like underworld of crime, um, and then in like the later ones it ex- it starts to expand on that, and I totally forgot that it's like really like it's like fantastical. Like it's not ground. It's like very it nothing like supernatural or anything, but um, the way um, like the the underground crime organizations run, like somebody like puts a hit on John Wick in the second one, and he calls he like calls a phone number, and this like old lady secretary answers. <laughs> And there's this, like, whole office building of all these, like, secretaries and files. And he's like, yeah, I want to open a contract. And it's, like, really, really weird. But, um... So I I had forgotten that, like, that element of it even existed. Um, But it's interesting. Like, watching them back-to-back, I I enjoy, like, learning about the lore of this world, the world. And uh, the action is just, it, I, John Wick 1 has got to be, like, the best action movie of the last decade. Like, I so? can't even think of, I, I don't know, it, it, it feels like it, it harkens back to, like, the 80s, where you would have, like, a, like a, a film franchise based around, like, this particular action character who's just a badass and it's just about watching them do badass shit. So you highly recommend them. Yeah. 
Definitely. No job. Um, and I, I had been seeing something go around how, I don't know what the number is, but it's like Keanu Reeves has made like, if you, if you calculate how much money he's made per word, he's made like a million dollars a word for this series or something because he speaks so little. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. Would you take that deal? Of course. Dude, I would, I, I would be John Wick for free. I don't know. Are you sure? Yeah, for just for the fame. You want fame without money? Well, the money will come after the fame. You better hope so. I do hope so. I feel like fame is the part that sucks. Well, baby. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I was gonna, I don't remember what the fuck I was going to say. I, I, you know what? I did forget to mention at the freak show, there was uh, Tara spotted a girl wearing a Villa Vallo shirt. Nice. And I was going to tell her nice shirt, but I, she didn't make eye contact with me, and I didn't want to chase her down like Eric Andre. Come here! So <laughs> I just <laughs> let her disappear. But then the other thing about the freak show was we walked past a guy who had his hands out and one of the like vendors had a bunch of like live bugs, like mantises and shit. And nice. this guy had his hands flat and he was like a mantis crawl across his hands. And I looked over, I was like, that's cool. And I kind of wanted to hold him, but then it, there were too many people. We walked in a different direction. The next day I see a picture on Reddit in what is this bug? And it was of that guy. And he said, what is this bug I held yesterday? And I commented, and I was like, dude, I was standing right next to you <laughs> when somebody <laughs> took this picture. That was a that was a small world moment. That's weird. You ever have a moment like, you ever see anything posted online and you were like, oh, I was right there? Um, not like that. Well, then you got to go to more freak shows. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I remember one time I when we went to see uh, It, the first one, yeah, in theaters, somebody had tied a red balloon to the drain, the sewer drain in the parking lot. And I took a picture of it and I posted it to the Stephen King Reddit. And somebody commented and said, is that Marcus in Orland Park? <laughs> <laughs> Did you respond or were you like, whoops? No, I responded. Okay. Some people would be like, fuck, they're going to figure out who I am. No, I don't give a shit. Yeah, because you want the fame. We know that now. Right. You're looking for the fame. That could have been your big break. That could have been how artists makes a million. Hi, dude, I'm still going to make that million. Of course you are, but that could have, that could have been it. I'm on, I'm, well, I don't, I don't know how, but uh, maybe. Yeah, every second of every day you're on your way. That's true. Can you Working perform hard, Artist Makes a Million for us now? What? Can you perform Artist Makes a Million for us now? No. It's not my song. I don't own the rights to it. Oh. But see, Nigel's going to hear this and be upset because you performed Folkland's wrongdoings without him. Remember that whole uh, fiasco? Yeah, this is how I learned this lesson. I don't want to get sued again and have another uh, in, uh, Tinder situation. Oh, yeah? Okay, remind the Dan Dans what that means. 
Okay, so apparently I sang Folkland's wrongdoings on the podcast without Ian's or without Nigel's consent, even though him and I had performed it together live. And so to get revenge, he created uh, on his Tinder profile. He he is Nigel. Yeah, Nigel made uh, dedicated his Tinder profile to ruining my reputation. Mm. And so what he wrote is Nigel 23, musician, comedian, Jesus, he, this was 7 years ago if Nigel's 23 back then. Music musician, comedian, Monopoly world champion 63. If you come across a man named Mike Charles, you should swipe left or block him. He has red hair and went to NIU. He's not to be trusted. He stole a song I wrote about a dude from Pittsburgh and his pierced dick. But that's not the point. Mike Charles will probably say he just wants to watch Toy Story, but Toy Story, but be careful. He will steal and perform your songs without permission. And how do you think that worked out for him? Uh not great. How did it work out for you? Um, I mean, I'm married. He's has nobody, so. So Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was a little stiff. <laughs> do you? Uh, do you? Think, he doesn't want nobody. Do, no, he doesn't. Do you think that this proves that some of the women on Tinder are specifically looking for plagiarists? Well, it's not like they found me and said that they liked me based on Nigel's uh, uh, profile. So I don't think it proves that. Oh. But is there any way to know for sure? They just don't like tattletales, which Nigel was being. Damn. this This is the Barry Nigel hour, courtesy of the artist. I guess so. Well, you and Nigel were in the same building very recently at the wedding of one frank the tank yeah frank and rachel shout out congrats um yeah N- nigel was one of the best men one of the best men oh so there, there um, was co-best men at this too yes there were so ah. i i wasn't that odd um but yeah it was a it was a beautiful day a beautiful wedding a beautiful blo- fucking bloodbath Really good. What did Bono uh, think of it? Who? Bono. I don't. You said it was a beautiful day. Oh. I think gotcha. Craig will like that. Uh, he better. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, um, so their ceremony was at a church. And then right across the street, their reception was at a different location, but it was literally right across the street from the church. So like literally could walk, great convenience. But Mary and I went home <laughs> between the ceremony and the reception because um, there was like a 45-minute gap, and she wanted to she wanted to get a more comfortable pair of shoes. See, that's so, smart. Yeah. So, but, I mean, we had plenty of time. I mean, it was in Blue Island, so it was, it was nice and convenient. There was parking. Um, and then the reception was at uh, this place called the Lyric Theater. And it was, I was super impressed 
by the venue. Um, it was literally a theater. So, uh, you know, I think more for used for like concerts and stuff, not like a movie theater. And so where everybody sat, it was like a staggered, you know, it, it was like downhill. Um, and where we sat, we were sitting at like, we looked at the, 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 the list where it said our tables were and it's, there was some people said, Oh, you're at table one. You're at table two. Ours said rail three. And we're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> but basically it was like a bench, like a bar, like a bar type thing that was facing the front of the room. So it was an, it was a, uh, we had like the best seats in that place, I, I think. That. And, um, it was really cool. Um, the wedding party's entrances. Um, so to where we were facing to our backs, we had to turn around to watch their entrances. And their entrances were up top. There was um, staircases that went to the top of the room and there were curtains. And it was two staircases on opposite sides. So the men were on one side and the women were on one side and the DJ would announce them and they would both come out of the the uh, curtains at the same time, but like opposite each other, like all up above and then would come down. So it was, it was really cool. Um, it's hard to describe. Uh, Nigel gave a speech and it was very, very good. Good promo? <laughs> yeah, good promo. Um he there was a uh, word boy reference uh he told me i either you or nigel told me what it was but how how did he work it in well he his whole thing was uh that he you would use we're talking about frank he would describe him using 3 r's and it was rational ridiculous and reliable Good. and uh <laughs> It, it, the, his rational explanation was because when Frank was a little kid, he had the opportunity to meet the Undertaker at like a McDonald's, and he was too afraid <laughs> to meet him. And I just like, which is very rational because a young boy is no match for the Undertaker. <laughs> he's like, he's an undead wizard and, and body mass alone. I mean, <laughs> really good. And so ridiculous, he was just talking about all the ridiculous stuff that Frank's willing to do. And he's like, like the time we uh, we took Nicolas Cage masks and went to the Renaissance Fair. Or on, just out of whim, we, we drove all the way to Nashville to film a short film Word Boy with my friend, the artist Mike Chong. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Mary like whooped. So I that was I was honored that I got a shout out there. Excellent. That's good. That's big business right there. You, do you feel like you started a trend with this with this co bestman stuff? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Do I sound all right? Yeah, sounds fine. Okay. Um. Well, I, I assume that Frank was already doing it. Um, our weddings were only a, a month apart, so I feel like the decision was made before he attended my wedding. So 
if if people start doing it like a year from now, then maybe I did. But I think we're gonna see this catch on. Oh, well, I hope it does. Well, what do you? Why care? not? You're not gonna, you're not gonna be at every wedding. I could be. Do you want to be? Um. I want to be at every wedding that I wanted at. Oh. So no strangers should be hitting you up to get you to attend. No. Unless they're going to pay me to attend, which I will take. I will go. So you wouldn't do this for free for the fame? Well, it all depends. What does it depend on? Because going to a wedding is not, I'm not going to become famous from going to a wedding. But if you went to everybody's wedding, eventually that would have to go some sort of viral. They'd be like, why is this guy at everybody's wedding? But then I'd have to like work my way into everybody's pictures. I think you could do that. Maybe. That that could be how you make a million. Is there any way you... I'm going to make a million. I don't need these hatch brain ideas. Hatch brain? You like... How do you like that? Well, I, I said it, so... Yeah, but you've said stuff you don't like. That's true. What's the last thing you said that you didn't like? The half-brain ideas. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Well, shout-out to Frank the Tank and Rachel. Okay, so is she's not Rachel the Tank now. Um, Unless she wants to um, She might be. I don't know. That's going to be up to her. She gets to decide. Yeah. She's little. Can you call a tiny woman a tank? Well, if she's married to the tank, well, and then as, she's the tank by marriage. As we stated last week, being the tank is more than just a physical thing. Exactly, exactly. So I guess it's up to her. Um, I do have, I should tell you about one other highlight from do the it. night. Um. So, uh, unfortunately, this was not caught on camera, unless somebody got it that we didn't know about. But um, it was like 11 o'clock. The DJ announced that, okay, this is the last song of the night. And uh, the song was, um, And I heard the time of my life. I don't know what it's called. I guess it's the time of my life. Um which is the song from Dirty Dancing mm. where Patrick Swayze lifts Jennifer Grey up into the air, you know, sure. that famous scene. And I had, like, made the joke to Mary, like, oh, do you want me to lift you? And she's like, no. And then Nigel came over, and I was like, yeah, I tried to lift Mary, but she wouldn't do And he was like, oh, I was trying to get Frank to lift me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nigel's like, well, I'll lift you, artist. And I'm like, no, no. Oh, you didn't let him do it? Well, and Mary goes like, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, go, go ahead. And she like steps out of the way and Nigel starts doing the like, come on, come on, like with his hands. And I'm like, no, I'm like waving him off. I'm like, no, 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 no. But he won't stop. He just keeps doing it. And so, you know, I, you know me, if I'm, in, I'll, if, if I'm encouraged long enough, I'll give in eventually. <laughs> And so I was a few feet away from him. I took a step back and I ran and I lunged and he grabbed me and he lifted me for like a second. Hey, that counts. 
and then he put me down. And then I saw um, Frank's mom was sitting behind Nigel and was like dying laughing. See, there you go. You got the pop. Yeah, we did get the pop. At the end of the day, that's what it's all for. So now, absolutely. The question is. Did you think that that, did you have any idea how poorly that could have gone? Yeah. Like, there are videos online of people attempting to do that move, and they overshoot, and then they fucking knock all their teeth out on the floor. No, I, I did not do anything, like, we, we, we was good. It, it looked good, I think. I didn't see it. I was, I was a part of it, but Mary said it looked good. How could nobody have filmed it? Well, because it was just, it was impulsive. I'm calm. I'm calm. Because I was deciding not, I was saying I'm not going to do it. And then in just the moment, if I said, hey, film this, I might have decided not to do it. What if Mary was off in the corner going, you better not. You better not. Well, if she was, then I don't know what to say. Would that make you want to do it more or less? Uh... Less. Good answer. Because if, if my wife doesn't want me to do something, I don't want to do something to just to defy her. Who? My wife. Who? My wife. Who? I don't know what you're going for here. I'm giving you a Borat. Yeah, I figured that, but I refuse to do it. <laughs> oh, you're not going to do that? No, it's too too hacky. Heck. I respect it. I, I think yeah. you can do it as long as you don't do it all the time. I think you can do it once. My in a while. wife. Yeah. See, that was good. <laughs> you don't regret it, do you? A little bit, but that's okay. Hey, if you're gonna do anything from Borat, it should be that, not the like. I also don't regret it. Yeah. What do you regret more, that or the hack brain scheme? Um, I don't regret anything anymore. What are we talking about? I don't know. We got some day and day questions. You want to take those? Let's get into it. And then we'll get the fuck out of here. We got some. Let me pull these up. We got Tony Douglas. Loyal Combustion Cultist. So thumbs down on that one. He says, We were talking about religion in the Discord, and I asked this. Since we're all talking about religion, I've always pondered what do you think was the reason people started believing in a single god, let's call it mono, versus the Dark Ages, when people believed in multiple gods, Norse, Egyptian, Greek, Roman, etc. Um, so you're talking about like polytheism versus monotheism? Yes. What, okay. I Tony mean, some cultures still believe think... in uh, multiple gods, like Hindus. Sure. Um... What, uh, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, the the world is such a big fucking place. Yeah. And not everybody has everybody else's goddamn book. And yeah. eventually he's just going to, someone's going to go, well, no, here's our story. And then they just come up with something new. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's like where if you study. Because a lot of most of the modern monotheistic religions date back to like our branches of Judeo Christianity. So, like Judaism, 
first, and then after that came Christianity, and then after that came like Islam, and after that Mormonism, you know, and these are all like branches of Christianity essentially. So you could probably just look at the history of like the Old Testament and that was probably the first big iteration of a monotheistic religion and i mean christianity at one point i mean it probably still is is the biggest religion in the world um but it was even bigger at one point so bigger than the beatles yeah literally i subscribe to a form of uh judaism yeah yeah. What form? Judge Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever said. <laughs> no, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, there you go, Tony Douglas. Judge Judaism is your answer. <laughs> Matt Ainsworth asks, favorite position to play in baseball? I never played baseball growing up. Um, but maybe if I'm, if I'm playing softball, like with friends, uh, probably catcher. Oh, why, why catcher? It, because it's the easiest. Like you really don't have to do much playing softball. I don't know, man. Squatting down like that. I feel like it's tough. You don't have to squat though. It's softball. That's the thing. You can just damn back there oh, then you're just then... basically there making sure the ball doesn't get away yeah my answer would be just an outfielder preferably right field because number one that's where sammy sosa played and he was my favorite player and number two there's not a lot of left-handed hitters so hopefully i don't have to do much you know <laughs> yeah. and uh i i feel like not too many people at least back when we would play softball would hit it that far anyway and I could feel the grounder, you know. I, I don't want to yeah. have the pressure of having to fucking catch every goddamn ball at first base all the time. <laughs> no, first base is tough. Any any infield position, if you're not any good, is really hard. Yeah. Because um, even it's it's easier to catch, like, a, a soft pop fly, you know. Because mm-hmm. you have a long time to get under it and... You know, in softball, those are most of them. So, you know, if they, like, hit a rocket, you're just not going to catch it. No. So you just need to get in a good position to field it as fast as possible. But, um, yeah, most people can catch pop, pop flies pretty easily. Matt Ainsworth has another baseball question for us. Are you wood or il- aluminum bat boys? I almost said aluminum, which is not a thing. It'd have to be some really cool aluminum. Then it would be like aluminum. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not as good as your Judge Judy. No, it's, you know, they can't all be gold. Um, I don't know. I feel like we usually used aluminum bats. But, uh, I don't know. I'm a wood really batman. A, a preference. I'm a wood batman. Yeah. Yeah. I always, Why so? I like the sound. And honestly, yeah. I, I just like breaking them. You ever break a bat? Uh, I don't think so. In like, two- But you don't get really get the sound off a 16-inch softball, do you? 
Uh, no, it's more of like a thunk than it is like a crack. But in like 2004, 2005, when uh, me and Tim and Hefe were like obsessed with going to the park every day and just pitching to each other and just smacking fucking baseballs, we all we had wooden bats, and I've I broke four of those fucking things, and it's very satisfying to break a baseball bat. I bet I could break one a lot easier now just because I'm bigger, you know, mm-hmm. than I was when I was fucking 14. But, man, I would love to fucking shatter one of those now. <laughs> and he's got, he's got one more. Try it. Have you ever hit a dinger? Not, like, over the fence, but I hit an inside-the-park home run in gym class one time. How do you like that? And it was a legit... It wasn't like a cheapo either i i hit it really hard and it went well over the outfielders heads Mm -hmm. and then they had to go run and get it and it just like rolled because there was no fence or anything it just rolled and rolled and rolled yeah Uh, so yeah not a cheapo it wasn't like four errors and you just kept going (laughs) right right it was a legit home run i also never cracked one over the fence but i have never hit a baseball as an adult and i think i said like a month ago on this show i want someone to throw me some fucking pitches and i want to see what i can do and i'm not good i'm not expecting to fucking you know to be like oh i'm pretty good at this i just want to hit a couple because it's fun to do (laughs) so we gotta fucking we gotta figure that out we gotta get some of our boys together and go hit some fucking baseballs I'm down. Uh, Jelly Dubro asks, is bald a hairstyle? Yeah, absolutely. I think it has to be considered hairstyle, a hairstyle, because even if there's no hair, like if you fucking clean shave your dome with a fucking stiletto on your like driver's license or if like someone's describing you, it's like, what's his hair like? Oh, bald. Yeah. Well, in, in video game character creators, yeah. when you're creating a hairstyle, it says the the this the thing is hairstyles, and one of them is bald. Yeah. So that's proof right there. Case closed. We have some kind of robot. Mike Masters, loyal shockwave soldier, says, No questions this week. I just came back from a very relaxing vacation. And in an extremely positive mood. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Love y'all. What a nice young man. That's a nice comment. I am having a pretty good week. Yeah, I think I am too. Patchy's got a full belly. He went outside to pee. I think he's uh I think he's having a good week. Everybody's fucking, you know, kicking it. Frank is newly married. Yeah. Nigel's riding a high of cutting a good promo. Yep. We got Mikey D here. Way back in the 1900s when I was a child, pro sports teams only really had two jerseys, a home and an away. On rare occasions, maybe an alternate jersey. Nowadays, it seems every team has like six or seven jerseys. Would you say that's overkill, or do you like the variety? Um, I think it's a little bit overkill. I think it makes more sense in a sport like baseball because they play so many games mm-hmm. that it, it, but in football, I feel like they have, yeah, it used to be home and away. And then maybe two weeks out of the year, 
two games, they would do um, an alternative alternative one. Sometimes they were like throwbacks. Uh, the Bears have orange jerseys that they wear sometimes. But now I feel like they they have like two alternative jerseys and they're playing, it's like, they're playing way more games with them. So ultimately, I don't really don't give a shit. I like the alternative ones, but I think it's a little bit too much. But I don't really give a fuck either way. I can get on board with that. I do like visual variety, but it seems like there's there's too much nowadays. I feel like every fucking week I see some baseball team or football team, whatever, and I'm like, when did they start wearing those? And then if I go out of my way to ask, someone will be like, ah, they don't. It's just like a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this so common? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's confusing. It makes it confusing. It's like, whoa. Mikey D continues, if you guys had your own comedy albums, what would you name them? Please give me the dumbest ideas. The dumber, the better. What would you name your stand-up comedy album? Um... The art is in the pudding. Why? Because uh, I'm the artist and that's, that's fucking dumb. That is pretty dumb. I don't know It's why like the would... proof is in the pudding, but it's a pun. So would the cover the of the album be you like in a big pool of pudding and so it just looks like you and shit? Uh, maybe it's vanilla pudding. What would you do? You got creative control in your deal, right? Maybe it's a, um, a twist. Like chocolate and vanilla. Yeah, but that would just be like light brown. No, it's separate. It's separated. How are you going to keep putting separate? What? What are you, you talking totally, about? They serve it like there's there's pudding in the store like that. Yeah, but you're a layered. human being. You're going to get in it and fuck it all up. But I'm just going to go in there for a photo shoot. So I'm just going to step right into the center where the line is. I'm not going to go in there and mix it all up. I don't know, man. It's also a metaphor for black and white working together. And that's your message for your comedy album. Well, yeah. Part of it. Why did you feel like your comedy album was the place to spread this? Where else would I spread it? I don't talk about it all in the album. It's just the picture. And that's it's just what the picture means. So unless somebody asks about the cover art, it's not going to come up. Right. Interesting. Well, what's the comedy album about? Comedy. The, the album is about comedy. Yeah. I don't feel like a lot what of What is your name? My name is Ian. <laughs> What is your comedy album name? My name is John Daker. (laughs) Um, My comedy album name? Yeah. It might be uh, On Natural Cross. Okay. And it would just be, it would be a picture of me and then another picture of me underneath it horizontally. So you're making the cross with your two U's. Yeah. And one is unnatural. One of me is like overjoyed and the other one is not a fan. Which one is not a fan? 
I feel like the one that's facing uh, the the vertical me is not a fan because he's he's the one that has his head on straight and he knows that this is just too much, too unnatural. Yeah. And then the other one's having a great time because he he's not you know he's not up with all the shit. Right. Yet, but he will be by the time the record's over. He will be. I see. What else do you want to know? That's enough. <laughs> he says, back to sports jerseys, and we're coming full circle here. Do you guys have any favorites? Uh, sports jerseys? Yeah. Um, I mean, thinking of, like, the alternative ones, uh, I don't... The Bears used to wear uh, throwbacks that I liked. Um... It was just like a navy jersey with like solid orange letters or numbers and letters for their name. And then the, the helmets were solid navy. So there's no logo on the helmet or any stripes or anything. Well, there might have been a stripe. I can't remember. But You like the more simplistic looks. Yeah. You know who I think has underrated jerseys? The Baltimore Ooh. Orioles. I think black and orange play really well together. Uh, and it looks good. And it's, it's, in baseball, nobody else is doing it. So it's it's kind of got its own unique flavor. I know the Bengals are black and orange, but that's football. Yeah. The Bengals have great helmets with the tiger stripes. Yeah, true. Um, they have an alternate jersey um, where they wear white helmets. So they're like snow tigers. And all white. The the jerseys are all white. That's cool in theory, but I don't know how I would like it in practice. I, I thought it was pretty cool when I saw it the first time. Well, I never saw it. Now what? I'll send you a picture. When? Now. If this is not a picture of your comedy album art, it's gonna I'm gonna be upset. No, I'm sending you a picture of the Bengals white jerseys. What was your comedy album called? Art. The art is in the pudding. <laughs> See, I like this one that you sent because he's got the orange shoes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you if you're not a Bengals fan or you're not into like football, if you don't know that they normally wear orange, then these just look too plain. Yeah, but everybody knows that. Like, this isn't for people that aren't uh, fans. Everybody knows, wants to know where I've been. Goals? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to find one from like. Uh... You know who fucked up their jerseys? Who? The goddamn Arizona Diamondbacks. Dude, they used to be white, purple, and green, and then they started wearing fucking white and burgundy, like 27 other teams. Yeah, these Bengals uh, And what did they used to be? Purple, green, and white. That was cool as fuck. Hmm. You know what the fuck is it? You know, who is it? Is it the Toronto, Toronto Blue Jays with the goddamn straight line up to home plate? Or to the pitching mound? Yeah. What's with that bullshit? I don't know. You should talk Dude, to me I, about that. 
I don't like their well, their stadium's okay. I'm I'm thinking of the Rays. The Rays have the most ugly stadium in the world. Fuck the Rays. What's their deal? Their jerseys? Just in general. What's up? What's the I don't know. They're like the, the best team in baseball right now. Yeah, because they got that broke-ass field. They got to have something. Yeah, true. What are we looking at here? We got uh, we got Carl Four and asks. he asks, favorite bad joke? And mine is my Judge Judy bit from earlier. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go with that, too. That was pretty good. You're going to use the same answer? Yeah. We got Kiko Olvera. He says, for a follow-up on last week's question about my arachnophobia, I have gotten better at dealing with the small house spiders, but I still can't even look at the bigger ones at all. I have tried, but nope, I just can't do it. Uh, Before we move on to his other one, Kiko, yes, you can. I promise you, you can look at a picture of a spider. You just have to do it. You're not you're not only an adult man, you're not only a grown man, you're a father. And you gotta show your little boy that his dad can look at a fucking spider. Is he saying he can't look at a picture or like in real life? Sounds like he can't, he can't look at a picture. Yeah, I don't get that. You gotta just, be able to look at a picture of something, Kiko. A picture is not gonna hurt you. Well, he's a combustion cultist, you know? Right. I feel, yeah, see, here's the thing. I feel like, okay, looking at the picture causes you discomfort. But just get over it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is... Like, you have, you do, yeah, Ian's right. Like, you have the ability to look at it. And, <laughs> and yes, you will feel uncomfortable. I believe that. And that's okay. But you just, you just live in the discomfort. Yes. It's okay that's, to feel discomfort. That's what the exposure therapy is. And that's why... Yeah. Just Google, like, tarantula, and that's a lot easier than someone saying, okay, we're going to help you with this. Put your hand out. I'm going to give you a tarantula. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, dude, I'm looking at spiders, pictures of spiders right now. These are pretty nasty. Man, I want to look at spiders. Dude, the ones with, like, the, oh, this gives me the creeps. There's, like, one spider that's got um, a sack on it, a bunch of a bunch of baby spiders on its back. Ooh, I hate that. Why do you hate that? Because it's so gross. It's not gross. They're little babies. Oh, it's disgusting, dude. No way, man. I, I mean, I accept it as part of life, and I'm glad they exist, But, because um, they're, they're part of the natural order of things, but I can still be grossed out by it. Uh, let me see well, if I have That's this. what I'm looking. I'm looking at it. Yeah, see, you're an inspiration to Kiko. So I'm this uncomfortable, is... but I'm not looking away. <laughs> dude, these are fucking sick. This is oh a conversation I had with uh, President Superbad Abby Callahan earlier today. She texted me a picture of a spider on her window, and I said, uh, harmless, let him hang. And she said, I'm going to let the spider stay. And I responded with a smiley. She said, he can't get out of my window, so it's like an exhibit at the zoo. I'm fascinated. <laughs> Disgusted, but fascinated. And I said, they build webs in the window because the bugs who get into your house instinctively fly toward the light to try and escape. So he's your bouncer. And Abby responds, I've named him Randy. <laughs> See, Kiko? If, if Abby can do it, you can do it. You gotta let these guys stay, man. They're keeping your house clean. And the picture she sent me, there was already two dead fruit flies in the fucking uh, 
uh, web. Nice. So, but at the freak show, there was a framed, preserved Goliath bird eater tarantula, which is the largest spider in the world. If you still have your computer up and cooking, just Google Goliath bird eater and take a look at one of those. Kiko, you can do it. I'm speaking directly to you as well. What's funny is like the like tarantulas and these big spiders, when I look at them, they they scare me less than exactly. like a big small spider. You know what I mean? A big small spider. Like um you know, like a wolf spider or something. Is it because we have wolf spiders so they freak you out? No, it's like it's because they're so small. I think it's because they're so small that, like, they could get on you without you noticing. But, like, a tarantula or this bird either thing, um, they're so big. They're like a small animal. Yeah. Hold on. Talk about spiders for a second. Give me one sec. Uh... Yeah, spiders are pretty gross. I do kill them sometimes when, I'm in my, when they're in my house, but um, I will let the little yellow ones stay because they don't scare me at all. But, you know, you got you to gotta protect the women in your life from the spiders. And, uh, but yeah, lately I've been more um, lazy about killing bugs that I see in the house. So... Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I had to go check. There was a praying mantis in my house last summer. You didn't kill him, did you? No. I like took two uh, paper plates and I like trapped them inside the paper plates. But it was freaky because it's like once I tried to snatch him, he started like flapping his wings and I thought he was going to fly around the house. (laughs) Dude, mantises are so fucking cool. And my adrenaline got up. Uh, There was a guy on Reddit the other day in in what is this bug that's the second time i've mentioned that subreddit uh he had a fucking spider on his hand and it was big it was like look at your thumb it was probably as big as your thumb no exaggeration big fucking spider and he was like who is this little guy that was crawling on the side of my bed and it was a fucking brazilian wandering spider and if the dandans don't know what that is those are deadly spiders that uh, one of the things that their bite can do is it can give you... This is not a joke. Brazilian wandering spider venom will give you a boner that can last for days. And it is extremely painful. Oh, I think I've heard about this. No one's really sure why it does that. But you, it will make your dick so hard for so long, it's, it's going to feel like it's going to split like a microwave hot dog. Oh, God. So... But I yeah, don't even know if I'd call that a boner. <laughs> it's a curse. Yeah. But yeah, they'll kill you. Don't touch Brazilian wandering spiders. Um, but Kiko continues. He says, the county fair always comes around the last week of July. So my question to you guys is, any good fair stories? Do you guys even like going to the fair? Yeah, back in the day, growing up in Alsip, uh, we would go to the fair once in a while. I remember there was one year... Where Bathroom Money, Tim Ewers, and I walked to the fair by ourselves. We were like 13. And it was the first year that our parents let us go on our own. And that was pretty goddamn cool. Nice. Walking to the fair without your parents and 
hanging out with a couple girls there. You know what I'm saying? How about it? Hey, hey. Uh, yeah, I would like to go to a fair. Okay. Where do you go? I don't know. It's like I've been to things where it's like, oh, this wasn't called a fair, but it's kind of like a fair. So I don't know. I never went to like a county fair. Why not? That I know of. I don't know. We I went to a bunch of carnivals and stuff. But I mean, like, is the Taste of Orland a fair? Yeah, probably. Okay. So I've been fair, there a bunch. Festival. Or like what's during um like the Oak Forest Fourth of July carnival thing? I would call that like a county fair. Okay. That's it's all the same shit. Because there's like Or and then there's like Orland Days, which was the a carnival. So yeah, I don't know. Red Comet Thirteen asks, "What's your favorite line in any Mortal Kombat game?" Mine is from Rambo, Stallone voice. What is a Shirai Ryu? What's your favorite line? Feel free to make one up. Um, I just like the Scorpions. Get over here! Yeah, well, that, that's an iconic you, one. You can't go wrong with that. No. Or, or I think I forget which one it was, but you showed me one where there had like a bunch of weird voice actor, and he, one of the lines like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw your hair." Yeah, that's from Mortal Kombat Four. <laughs> I yeah, I mine would probably be um Honestly, it's probably fucking Raiden's gibberish dive. I love how it evolved over the years and how you never know what the fuck he's saying. Sometimes it sounds like he's saying like Tyrannosaur and sometimes it's uh it's like wait wait oh Yeah, on Clueless Combat I asked Nigel what Raiden says in his dive, and Nigel's response was, "Oh yeah, that's easy. He got uh, you know he goes, um, thank you for coming." <laughs> so every once in a while, in a video, I will just say like, "I'll I'll beat an enemy in some game." I'll be like, "Get the fuck out of here! Thank you for coming." And I don't think anybody <laughs> knows what I'm talking about, but that's what. That <laughs> All right, we got a couple more. Josh Kerwin, loyal shockwave soldier. Asks, what is a personality trait of your own that you wish you could change? Um, that's a good question. It is a good question. I didn't read it ahead of time, so I haven't like. I don't know. I feel like the things that I in the past would have want wanted to change like i have changed i feel like i've done a good job of so but it's like always those things are still with you like you don't ever get rid of them completely um so i don't know i feel like i say like too much why do you feel like that well, I just hear myself say it, and I go, I wish I didn't say it. I don't feel like you say, like, too much. That's reassuring. Yeah. It does stick out to me when, when I do feel like someone does it too much. Okay. It's like, I say it, I just said it there. I know I say it sometimes, but I don't know if it's too much or not enough. Too much is not enough. Nobody said this stuff makes any sense. 
That's uh, is that a poem you just made up? No, that's I think that's uh, the song "Adrenaline" by Gavin Rossdale, and they used to use it in WWE music videos. Oh, <laughs> what a useless piece of fucking trivia <laughs> that is. Uh, I sometimes I don't know. I I think I'm I'm learning over time that I'm a bit of a worry wart. You know, um, I've, I've, for example, Patchy's third, he's, I almost said 35. He's 13 and a half years old now. He's an old man. He needs more help than he used to need. So I always make sure that I'm there to assist him with whatever he needs. But there are times where Tara will tell me that I'm hovering too much and that I should just leave him be. And he can handle it. But in my head, it's like, no, but he needs help. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe yeah. sometimes I'm wrong about that and he can figure it out for himself. But I don't know. See, see, I can't even make sense of it for me. To me, I feel like I'm just being a good dog dad. Yeah. But maybe that's one thing. What else we got? I think we're almost done here. We, the last one we have is from CM Goof. He says, if Chris Redfield can... Take two. If Chris Redfield being able to punch boulders to move them out of the way is now canon, which was Resident Evil 5, thereby confirming Chris has superhuman strength, should he be able to one-hit kill zombies and other boss characters in future installments he's featured in? What do you think about that? Uh, yeah. Well, he doesn't. Well, then bullshit. Turn it off. <laughs> okay you know what let me let me throw this at you real quick nigel and i have begun to reveal talent for gm showdown season two joining our rosters i want to throw some of these names at you and i want to see how you feel about them are you ready okay the first combustion sh- signing that's nigel's show was ravishing rick rude and my first signing was Jeff Hardy. How do you feel about those? Those are pretty good. Piece of rubber? Yeah. The next round of signings that we announced... So, you, so did you... Were these drafts or was this random? We say draft and we say pick and signing, but it's just a random wheel spin. Wow, you got pretty lucky. Yeah, I bought it. So check this yeah, out. Hardy. The next round, Nigel picked up The Grinch Who Stole Christmas... And I signed Jill Valentine. Wow. So Ooh. two wrestlers and then two non-wrestlers. Well, we're I doing like that variety. on purpose. This yeah, is not, no. not necessarily the the order they were drafted in. It's just how we're revealing them. Uh, I see. What who do you think who do you think came out on top in that first round there? Rick Rude and the Grinch or Jeff Hardy and Jill Valentine? Mm-hmm. I think Jeff Hardy and Joe Valentine. I think so too. Not to say that Nigel's roster is not great because it is. And to to send that home, Nigel's next pickup was the bad guy, Scott Hall. And I grabbed the big red machine, Kane. What do you think about that? Ooh, that's that's a tight matchup. Very tight. I don't, yeah, I don't even know who I would say is better. Now, we... we pretty even. We each kept... 
a wrestler with our next pick. Nigel kept Doink the Clown, and I kept CM Punk. Nice. But I got a couple more for you here. Let's see. We got we got three more each. Nigel signed Solid Snake, and I picked up Michael Myers. Nice. Give me some thoughts here. Uh, it's interesting. I feel like you guys are getting like characters that you would have wanted. That has been pointed like, out. <laughs> these fit your personalities. That has been pointed out. What's funny is I actually signed Solid Snake and I traded him to Nigel. Uh, and here's a little like, podcast exclusive. I traded Solid Snake for Albert Wesker. So. Interesting. How do you like that? Nobody knows that yet. We, we then announced that we would be uh, keeping our world champions. So Nigel has held on to Kevin Nash and I have held on to Scorpion, which goes against all competitive strategy. I should dump Scorpion because he's unstoppable and does not make for great matches. But I believe in logic I believe in storytelling, and I believe in to be the man, you got to beat the man. So Scorpion's yeah. going to stick around. We got one more piece. Nigel, with Stoko Combustion, has picked up the Predator. And over on 616 Shockwave, I've signed to an exclusive deal, a man called The Flash. Oh. Um, which version of The Flash? I... The one that I put on the graphic is from the cover of The Flash number one from the Rebirth angle. Gotcha. It's just a, an indiscriminate comic book Flash. I would like to state for the record it is not Ezra Miller's Flash. Uh, okay. Wh which one of these rosters do you prefer thus far? Predator, Nash, Snake, Doink, Scott Hall, Rick Rude, The Grinch, or... The Flash, Scorpion, Michael Myers, CM Punk, Kane, Jeff Hardy, Jill Valentine. Mm -hmm. I think I prefer that one oh. thus far. Well, Dan, as you heard it here first, Artist is a shockwave soldier so far. I just, I mean, I just think those seem better. Well, it is what it is. That's, that's... Okay, what do you think about Still Crow Combustion? Uh, pretty good show. What do you think about 616 Shockwave? Hey, equally good. They're neck and neck. You know, it's a great, great competition. Now, what do you think about... Hey, you know what? I never did an intro. That's true. Welcome to the 616 Entertainment Podcast. Friends, neighbors, Dan and alike. My name is Ian. This is episode number 489. Yes! Enjoy it! Joining me, as always, is the artist formerly known as Mike Charles. Fat, fat mama. Um, so what do you think about the WWE? Scumbags. bags. <laughs>